Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. Well, now we're moving into our, our message time. This just gave me a second to catch my breath. Uh, but uh, we're going to be entering into a 10-week series on prayer. There's going to be a break in the middle for Family Camp Sunday. We're going to do a special, um, special service there. But this is a 10-week series on prayer. And Josh decided to take a vacation. And he said, hey, would you mind kicking it off? And I said, sure. Uh, and now I'm speaking on the topic of Abraham and his prayer. Um, and it was challenging to say the least. And we'll, we'll hear that uh, why in just a second. But um, we're going to dive a bit into the life of Abraham and how um, he had a really close relationship with God. Um, who here has this like wise person in their life? Like it could be like a grandparent, could be an aunt, could be an uncle, could be a close friend. The, this wise person that when you, they're like the glue that holds your group together. They're like that nucleus person. Like they're, they're the, the matriarch or the patriarch of the family. Like a lot of times it was, for me, I can, I can remember that it was like both my grandparents, both the sides of the family. It was always my grandparents. They were kind of like, Everybody went to their house for like family dinners and, and anytime there was a family gathering and, and they would sit at the head of the table and you'd always be glued to what they had to say because it was wise. And when they had to like, they lived, I guess by today's standard, they would, they would live like more of like an extraordinary life. Um, when they were talking and giving advice, you knew it came from a wealth of knowledge. I had one grandfather, he, he fought in the Second World War, and he, he was a manager at the paper mill. And then I had another grandfather, he worked hard all his life. And he knew what a hard day's work looked like. And they both held respect from both places that they've worked. And like I said, at, um, I look forward going to their places on, at family gatherings. I still remember some of the stories that they used to tell me. And you'd be held by their voices. Now, I had one grandfather, his hand was the size of like a cast iron frying pan, so if you didn't listen, you knew where you ended up. Um, but I'm just, I'm kidding. He never, he never did. He, you were just afraid by pure stature. <laughs> Um, but in the same way, I'm going to say Abraham was the head of his family. Abraham uh, was wise. He held the attention of many. Um, Abraham was given a place of authority. And, um, and not only had he seen war, but he, he knew work and he, and he provided for his family. And Abraham was a man who was close to God. Abraham um, was so close that he interceded for his families and his cities. He had real conversations with God. Real conversations. This was not a normal relationship. 
as we read through the account of Abraham and now, or Abram, I should say, and now into Abraham, because he was once known as Abram, and, into, and then they changed his name to Abraham, um, we see that God would contact Abraham on many occasions. These contacts would be deep conversations with Abraham, and we'd get a glimpse into God's heart, his sorrow, and his anger, his frustration um, with, with mostly this world. And why Abraham had a this is why Abraham had a relationship with the mighty God in, in the most impossible, seemed impossible way. But a relationship with God, the creator of the universe, and he interceded on their behalf. Why can't we have that type of relationship? Why can't we be interceding for our families, interceding for our, our towns and our communities? Interceding for our country. That's where we need to be. Interceding for people. Not these little prayers, but big prayers. Are we praying big prayers? Are you truly seeking God's face in today's world? If you're taking notes today, I, I want you to jot that, that point down. Are you praying big prayers? Are you truly seeking God's face in today's world? Are you praying on behalf of someone for them to find themselves face to face with God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Give us just a sliver of your heart today. Allow us to see your face. Allow us to understand your heart. God, that there's, there's, there's things that happen and there's decisions that are made and we don't always understand. But God, we pray that you Give us just a glimpse as what it looks like. Father, it's, it's, it, this is a dangerous prayer. Give us a bit of your heart. Allow us to see. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you read the book of Genesis before, or if you read through Genesis, um, you'd know that unlike many of us, Abraham didn't have a problem connecting with God. It was actually quite easy almost for him. It was, it's, it's almost infuriating how easy it was. It was like God was just saying, hey Abraham, go and do this. Hey Abraham, what about that? Hey Abraham. And Abraham's like, yep, okay, yep, let's go. <laughs> And it was like a conversation you'd have with, with a friend. You're chatting along, and it's, it seems to be almost frustrating. Like, dang, how come I can't have that? He didn't have to try. Throughout his life, God contacted him. However, um, we, are, uh, we weren't always told how that contact happened. It was often read that the Lord appeared to Abraham, or uh, the Lord said to Abraham, 
um, without explaining if it was like an actual audible voice or like he was like literally sitting stillness next to him or it was just a vision. Um, but one time God spoke in a vision and another time he said it appeared, but those were the only basic two times that you'd ever hear in, in, his, in the book that God actually said these things and did these things in that way. It's important that um, it's an important point to grasp that each time communication between the two is mentioned, God took the initiative. God is talking. Abraham is receiving. It was almost like God was always talking to Abraham. So we're going to jump into Genesis 18. I want you to turn there now. Um, And you'll see Abraham jumping into action. Abraham moves in such a way we knew that he was uh, exactly who he was talking with. So if you're going to turn there now, we're going to go to Genesis 18, verse 1 to 8. We're going to jump in on that. And it said, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. As, As he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day, He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. So who are these men? Why are they important? And and I want you to take note of this for a second. Abraham was about 90 to 100 at that point. So he held a pretty high standard in his, in his community. He, he wouldn't bow for just about anybody. So you got to think, who are these people? Uh, one of my, my um, study Bibles says that they were like, they were angels sent down. These three men were angels sent down um, to pass judgment on Sodom on behalf of God. But these men were important and he knew that. So let's go on to verse three, and it said, O Lord, if we have found favor uh, in your sight, do not pass by your servant. This is Abraham talking. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come uh, to your servant. So they said, "Do do as you said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent of Sarah, and said, quick, these three, um, uh, quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran. I want you to see that, that action word. He ran. So you're talking about someone in their 90s, full on running. I can't run in my 30s, guys. I'm just saying. I wouldn't, I don't know, anyway. I'd probably run at this point. But anyway. And he ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took the curds of milk and the calf and then he, uh, that he had prepared and set it before him, them. And he stood uh, by them under the tree while they ate. 
Again, I want to stress, this guy was in his 90s, and he's like running around. He's getting meat ready for them. He's getting milk ready for them. He's getting, okay, here's some water to wash your feet. Sarah, you need to make some cakes. We need, we need to give these guys some food. These were important men. Abraham would not be running unless it was extremely important. How many times has God prompted you to act and you didn't even know it? Abraham knew they were important and he knew he had to act swiftly. You might say, I've never heard God talk like that in my life before. I never needed to really feel like I needed to get up and do anything. I didn't need to, I just need to be. I need to pray. I need to give. I don't really need to do anything. God's never told me that in my life. God approaches us all in the same way. It's our responsibility to recognize when God is reaching out and it is our responsibility to recognize when God is reaching out. And it is our responsibility to respond. Prayer is a way to open that line of communication. God will use many avenues to communicate. It's up to us to respond. But how do we know when God is talking to us directly? The first step is knowing God is talking to us and actually receive Jesus into our lives. Know that God's actually talking to us by receiving Jesus in our lives. In Romans it says, um, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Knowing that Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, blameless life, and died a substitutionary death for us, that is the door that opens the conversation. That's the door that opens to God. That is how we begin our conversation with uh, the Holy Spirit, noticing that he's all around us. It's not that God isn't there, it isn't trying to reach us. It's just you haven't heard his voice yet. He hasn't entered into your life. You haven't opened that door. You haven't accepted Jesus in your heart. You have to invite him in to hear him. In the book, uh, Daring to Draw Near by John White, um, it says, the word here in the New Testament doesn't commonly refer to an auditory uh, experience. More often it means pay it, to pay attention. To hear doesn't mean an auditory experience. Not, you're not actually hearing audible things, but it just means pay attention. Pay attention. Abraham then was not unique. God approaches us all in the same way. I found that very interesting. That's why I wanted to share that quote with you. He approaches us all in the same way. I tend to teach my kids and, and kids at youth group um, that when you begin to know God's voice is when you can have a conversation with him. You have to have that conversation regularly. 
So secondly, I would say, um, begin to understand the language. That means reading scripture, praying, paying attention to the people and things that are around you. God is trying to use those things to speak to you. Imagine living in a place and starting a conversation with someone and you get like this stone-faced look or a, uh, uh, yeah, uh. or when you talk to someone and they answer in like a different language altogether and they're like, what, what, uh, quoi, qu'est-ce que tu dis? Qu'est-ce que c'est ton nom? Pour le reste de le service, je suis dans le français. Mike va être très content parce qu'il peut comprendre moi. Tout le monde reste, except peut-être un couple de personnes ici pour comprendre moi. Imagine if I completed the, the rest of the service like that. You guys would be like, I'm not hearing God today at all. This guy is speaking something I don't know. Are you learning the language? Are you understanding? Are you reading? Are you praying? Are you getting to know how God is talking to you? Are you able to understand? Are you able to see God looking for you? Sometimes when we start to understand the language and we recognize God around us, we still don't believe that he's calling us. We're like, all right, God, I hear you, but I just don't believe you. Are you sure, God, you have the right person? Are you sure that's me? No, you got the wrong guy. Let's go back into Genesis 18, verse 9, and we'll continue reading. It said, they said to him, where's Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the door behind him. Such a good wife, just eavesdropping like that. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in years. When I say old and advanced in years, like we're talking like Sarah is pretty well in her 90s. There's, there's conflicting kind of ideas, but in, in the scriptures, it's like, he, like Abraham said he was like 100 and she was 90. So it's in that general area. Um, so she was advanced in years. The way of a woman has ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, so her Lord as in Abraham, little L-O-R-D, and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say I shall indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. Sometimes we're afraid to hear what God has for us because we're afraid of the failure. We don't want the hard work that's involved with it. We don't want the hard work that is the calling that's on our lives. 
We think, you know, maybe God won't come through for me. You know, he called me into this, but maybe he just won't come through for me. We sometimes feel that the call is too great for us, or we think that following God isn't supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be easy now, right? Like, isn't, isn't God's stuff supposed to be easy now? Like, I, I, I did the prayer. I, I, I said the stuff. Uh, I believe that God's in my heart. Now, isn't this all supposed to be icing? Isn't this supposed to be like an upward climb to like glory and, and greatness? Isn't life supposed to be easy now? On the contrary, Paul says in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We are called out of weakness. Our insufficient power, our suffering, because God can be made glorified through that. Therefore, I'll continue on, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God didn't call us out of our perfectness or our sinlessness, sinlessness, God wants our brokenness. God wants us to focus solely on him and point it all back to him. Or sometimes we feel we aren't genuinely called into this like Sarah was. Sarah laughed at God. Boldness in that. She laughed at God. She didn't believe God would fulfill his promise to her. They wanted a child so badly that when God said, uh, I would make it happen, even in their advanced ages, they still didn't believe. So what happened? They tried to do it on their own. What happened? They did it under their own power. Sarah gave Abraham her servant. Hagar, and Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. When that happened, Abraham was 86 years old. He was 86 when Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. I heard that in the back. Imagine having babies now. (laughs) Both ladies are laughing their faces off now. Imagine at 86 years old, starting a family. How often do you hear in someone's testimony or their faith story that uh, I was going this way, I was doing things on my own, and then, you know, bam, God hit me with it. Or um, I was trying to do this my own way and God stepped in and changed my life. How often does it really work on your own power and your own plan? I can, I can tell you from personal experience, it doesn't work too well. It really doesn't. When you think, I got this all figured out, I've, I've trained all my life for this. I'm doing this my way. 
I know what I'm doing. And then it doesn't work. But I've trained all these years. It doesn't work. Okay, God, how do you want me to do this? This way. But that doesn't make sense, God. But I want you to do it this way. Okay, God, I'll do it your way. And it works. God is always there, meaning he's omnipresent. The more we pay attention, the more we recognize God is moving. He's all around us. He's talking to us. According to the scripture, Sarah had a hard time with this concept. Hence why she tried to do God's work on her own. But can you blame her? I, I did a little bit of research, okay? Ladies in the back, it's not too late. Um, there was a mother who was 74 years old that gave birth. At 74, modern day, this was a list that was compiled, I believe, in 2020. Uh, or excuse me, 2000, and, yeah, it was updated in 2020, but in 2019, um, the oldest modern day birth came out of India. And using in vitro fertilization, the mother was 74 years old. There's a lot of ladies squirming right now. They're like, nah, nah, I'll be a grandmother. I love my grandkids. I'll, sh- I'll hop them up on sugar and then I'll give them back. But Sarah was around 90. Could you blame her for being a little bit apprehensive and figuring God was just playing a cruel, practical joke? But she was told she was going to have Isaac. God said, believe me when I say this, you're going to have Isaac. And the Lord affirmed what he promised and uh, corrected Sarah by learning her, uh, teaching her to trust in the Lord. We know that um, when we, nis- uh, we need to listen and speak to God, we need to receive what he has for our lives. We also need to be ready for what he's going to do in our lives. So let me say that again. We know that we need to listen and speak to God so that we can receive what God has for our lives, but we also need to be ready for what God is ready to do in our lives. So we need to be receiving it, and then we need to be ready with it. Both these these things can be very intimidating. But knowing that God is in control and has a plan and will always follow through, that should be the comforting part. Knowing that he can give a 90-year-old lady a child after they've been barren all all her life, that should be the thing that we, we see as comforting. Knowing that if he says he's going to do something, that sounds so impossible, not the whole 90-year-old person having a baby, but that he's going to do something so impossible that he's going to do it. I want to share a quote that I've, I've heard. Um, it was Pastor Stephen Furtick said, and it says, I no longer pray 
to God to give me what I think I need, but give me what I know I need. God is the only one who's been in my tomorrow, and he is the only one who knows what I'm going to need when I get there. And if he knows I need to fight a lion so I'll be ready for Goliath, then I want to fight the lion. I don't want him to prevent the fight. I want him to provide the faith. We need to have faith to pray big prayers. We need to have faith to fight for our families, for our communities, and our country. And that's what precisely what Abraham did in the next part of this passage. So let's keep reading in verse 16, and it says, Then the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And God's having a little bit of a conflict here. He's he's trying to figure out what he's going to do here. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? seeing that Abraham surely, or shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had pro- has promised him. Then the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Prayer can be a terrifying experience when we fully understand God and, what, um, and not what we fabricated him to be. We have taken God and removed all of his characteristics. We, we basically took out his complexities and watered him down into this genie-in-a-bottle type guy who is supposed to grant your never-ending list of wishes. I hear so often, I don't like this Old Testament God. Let's talk about the New Testament God. Uh, he's more likable. He seems to be nice. Newsflash, it's the same God. He's the same God that flooded the earth, exiled Adam and Eve, and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the list goes on. But don't forget that the New Testament God said that we are all so messed up as a world that he allowed his son to die as a final sacrifice for our sin-filled nature. That's the same God. God was preparing to invite Abraham into some really intense and unpopular conversations. If we have truly stepped into a conversation with God and asked him, for just a sliver of his heart, we would be absolutely broken. This is why I said I struggled so much with this. Thinking about 
what God has to go through. Give me a sliver of your heart, God. Just a sliver. I just want to see what, what breaks you. Break my heart for what breaks yours is how the song goes, right? I don't think a lot of us are prepared for that brokenness. I don't think, like, it's almost like a squirming in the seat kind of thing. Are you ready to empty yourself and take what God has for you? I don't think many of us are. I know it was hard for me to even comprehend that. But this was an important conversation that Abraham was about to have with God. It allowed him to understand the character and allowed him to understand God a little deeper. When we ask, um, we might not get everything we want, but God has a plan. We might not understand the plan, we might not always agree with the plan, but God has been in tomorrow. God knows what is yet to come. Although there might be some terrible storms, there might be some hardship, but he has a plan. And we have to trust that God, the God of the universe is on a firm foundation. And in time, it will all work out according to his plan. So let's take a, a little peek into that conversation with God and Abraham. We're going to jump into verse 22. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteousness, uh, righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare um, for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it uh, from you to do such a thing to the righteous, to death with the wicked. So the righteous fare as the wicked? Far be it, far be that uh, from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do uh, what is just? And the Lord said, I find at Sodom 50, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 are, are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five. And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are there, are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And he said, okay, all right, hold on. Then, don't be angry with me, God. This is Alex's translation, by the way. Don't be angry with me. But if you find 30 there, he said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose there are 20 where there, where there are. He answered, for the sake of the 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, okay. Oh, let the Lord not be angry 
Um, it seems like Abraham's kind of like pushing the envelope a little bit. He said, let the Lord not be angry, and I will speak again, but this once. Suppose there are ten found there. And he answered, for the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went away when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Abraham is in this conversation with God. And he's not trying to offer him something. He's, he's, he's just trying to figure out. He's desperate to understand. He wants to know why this is happening. Abraham knows that if he gets God to promise something, that he will not break his word. However, Abraham also knew that there uh, is no use if it will be your will kind of prayer because it was already God's will to go to Sodom. And it seems to be that, that those if your will be done prayers, they are biblical, don't get me wrong. But it's how Jesus taught the disciples how to pray when they were unfamiliar with the Father in heaven. If your will be done. So if Abraham entered into this conversation for the if your will be done kind of prayer, we know it would have ended really quickly. Often we are not ready to respond to God and his plan. And those safe if your will be done prayers kind of fit the build for us and it makes it sound kind of holy. We continue to repeat this absent-minded prayer. Hey God, if it be your will, can you make little Sally feel better? Amen. Sounds great. But Abraham couldn't do that in that situation. He had a relationship with God in the way that would have an honest conversation with the almighty creator. So instead, uh, uh, when we pray, it's kind of like we're we're sending a a DM to our favorite celebrity asking for a birthday shout out. Say, hey, you know, God, if 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 you don't mind, could you please just you know, if 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 you're okay with it, could you please please send me a little bit of love? You know, I know you're busy and all, but God, could you just please send me a little bit of your love today? That would be great. Thanks, your fan forever. Like, we're, that's how we're praying. We laugh a little bit, but it's true. Hey, God, you know, if it's okay with you, I was thinking this, and yeah, amazing. Amen. It's like weak sauce, guys. So weak. Abraham was advocating for people. He was, he was advocating for people, for cities, for families. He was advocating for a whole city. He knew people in that city. Lot was in that city. His nephew. He knows that there, there are mothers, fathers, children. Hey, come on. And here we are asking God to bless our hot dog and fries. Please bless this food as I'm about to eat. It may be nourishing for my body. Amen. Yeah, that processed hot dog is really going to do wonders for your figure. 
The if your will kind of prayer turned into this holy, safe prayer. If your will be done, amen. Safe. That's safe. That's easy. It means we haven't come to grips with what God is doing in our lives. We have yet to come to grips with what is happening all around us. If your will be done, because I'm not ready. Sounds like we don't want to find out what his will is. And I don't think we could handle it if we do. So just do what you need to do, God. Because I'm not ready to respond. The author John White writes, if your will be done is lazy. It translates into Spanish and comes out, lo que sera, sera. And if we know the song, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Who said it? Sonny, thank you. One person singing along. Guys, come on, weak. Let's go. All right, but it, it is. It's one of those, what will be, will be. It's weak. It's lazy. This doesn't sound like someone who has a relationship with anyone. How often have you, as a parent or a sibling or, or someone like that, and uh, you get the, you ask, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Or whatever. It drives you nuts. I've asked that question so many times and it just drives you nuts. It's weak. It's not getting into the issue. It's not diving into anything. You're just brushing it off. Abraham was called to advocate and become, and it became a desperate plea as to those of us who know the story, Abraham's nephew was living in Sodom. Abraham probably knew what the results were going to be for Sodom, but he still entered into that conversation. Knowing that if your will prayer wouldn't change anything. Instead, Abraham knew when God promises he couldn't break that promise. So God, if there are 50, please just, just save the city. If there are 50 righteous. God responded and he always promised, hey, if there's 50, I'll, I'll do it. If there's 40, 45, 30, 10, even 10. But God knew. I will not destroy them if there's 10. But God knew. But again, knowing that God is a just God, and a big picture God, God already knew what tomorrow brings. I'm gonna close out with this. If we know the story and read chapter 19, we would know the pure evil and wickedness that plagued Sodom. Abraham wasn't merely advocating for Sodom, but he was invited into the magnitude 
of God's character. As a result, Abraham could see what God was struggling with. And he judged Sodom for their wickedness. We know that our God is a good judge. And the sin of this world has been rectified through his son Jesus. Abraham grew into a large, larger man uh, uh, with a greater God. Prayer changed him. Prayer changed him. God's purpose of inviting him to the conversation worked. Abraham just got a sliver of God that day. Just a sliver. Abraham was able to navigate the perplexities of God. And this transformed Abraham from a servant to a great and mighty nation. A nation that the earth would be blessed through. We are called into prayer. Not just weak prayer, but terrifying prayer. Terrifying big prayers. A prayer that might reveal the face of the creator of the universe. But how will you respond? You're invited into that conversation. But how will you respond? Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to be ready with what he's about to give you? And are you able to respond? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what you always give us isn't always what we want. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's difficult. But Father, we pray that through each experience we just get a morsel of who you are, a morsel, a sliver of your heart, Father, and, and allow us to understand the perplexities of your character. Allow us to understand of what you go through, God. What breaks your heart? Let us understand that even though there are things that are crazy and messed up and mixed up in this world, God, that your heart still breaks for that. God, our heart breaks for those who are around us. Our heart breaks for the, the things that we see that we're like, God, why didn't you step in? Why didn't you do something? We may never understand until we meet you face to face, God, but we pray that you, you give us just a morsel of your heart today. God, for those who are here and those who are watching online, I pray that they, they, they feel that in their hearts right now. They're tugging on their hearts just to receive just a morsel of your heart today. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. Allow us to be a church that prays dangerous prayers, terrifying prayers that gets us to see the face, your face.
Father, we just ask that you be with us as we go forward from today. Be with us through the week. Give us opportunities to see your face and to pray prayers that that actually means something, that stir up something, that we advocate for families, we advocate for our communities, and we advocate for our country. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.